get the mic. Honey, I got something to say. Ooh, I like that. Can you turn that up for me? No, like, it's Maja. But you know, Maj for short. <laughs> Ask Maj. What's up, what's up? It's your girl, Maj, and we are back with another episode of Ags Maj, the podcast, where I am spilling all the real tea. Y'all, I'm so excited. I got an interview today with Miss Alexis Bennett, who is a commerce writer for Vogue, and I think that her story will be inspiring to all of us, um, just as she talks about her journey to becoming um, a, a writer for Vogue. So it's going to be so good. I can't wait for our conversation. Um, so I'm going to jump straight into the Maj moment um, so we can get into our interview. Okay. So, you know, I got to share a quick story. Uh, so Bay and I were talking. Hey, boo. Hey, Bay. Uh, we were talking and he had, he was going through something this, this past week. Babe, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. Uh-oh. I didn't ask first, but it's okay. Um, he was going through something, something this week and he shared it with me and he and I were talking and he goes, you know, I, it's crazy to me how, you know, you can feel like you're doing so good and then something bad happens to you. And he's like, you know, it's, it's confusing. You know, sometimes you really don't understand why and you're quite, you know, you ask God, like, you know, what, what happened? Like, I'm doing good. You know, why does this bad thing have to happen to me? And then it's like just another thing for you to worry about. Right. And so he and I were talking, I was just encouraging him. And I told him, I said, I understand what you mean, right? And I think we will, there are some times where, you know, we'll never understand, you know, in that moment why we went through what we went through, right? Especially if we feel like we're doing everything right and something bad still happens to us, right? We may not, you know, I guess, figure it out um, in that moment. But but the Maj moment, this is where it comes from. I told him, I said, no matter what you go through or no matter what you're going through, there's always either going to come out a lesson or a blessing. One of two things, no matter what you're going through. So even if you are unsure in that moment or you have no idea why you're going through what you're going through, you don't do not understand. Honey, the Bible say lean not to, to your own understanding. That's number one. But, you know, you know, when you really don't understand it, you, you're, you're in that questioning mode. Like, why is this happening to me? I don't understand. I'm frustrated because I feel like I'm doing everything right. Child, like I said, even if you don't know what's going to happen or why you're going through what you're going through, remember that one thing has to come out of it. It's either going to be a lesson or a blessing. So either way, you win in the end. So I just wanted to share that, like whatever you're going through, and if, if you may not understand or you don't know where it's leading to, understand and be confident and be firm and trust that one or two things is going to come out, either a lesson or a blessing. One or two things is going to come out of your storm, either a lesson or or a blessing. So that is the Maj moment of the day, of the week, of the year, however long y'all need it. And we are going to jump right into our interview with Miss Alexis Bennett. Hello, Miss Alexis. Maja, thank you. Don't make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so glad that you joined me today. Y'all, real quick. So I, we, her, I don't even know where to start. So Alexis is low-key my cousin because she is engaged <laughs> to my blood cousin. So she is a cousin to me. And uh, for Thanksgiving, I was telling y'all that I traveled 
Um, and we went to celebrate my dad's side of the family for Thanksgiving and Alexis were there, was there. So we just did a lot of bonding and hanging out. So I actually just saw her like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> so we just, we just kind of link it back up again. And we talked about doing this podcast. So I'm so excited that, you know, we've been able to kind of, you know, make this come to fruition. So I got a really excited conversation for you guys today. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this will inspire somebody listening. So let's jump right into it. So first, I just want to ask, right, like we're in this pandemic and, you know, y'all, quick little secret. I'm about to put Alexis on front street. She says she be eating out all the time. Eh, well, eh. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, how are you holding up during the pandemic? I feel like it's a year now, you know, we about to go into 2021 and we are still here. Yeah. So like, like, what is, what is the, the like pandemic like for you? How is it? Just living. Yeah. What is this like for you? I mean, honestly, I've it's become like a new norm. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to feel once I have to, like, actually leave the house every day. Like, I feel like I kind of have anxiety about that. Like, I'm just getting so used to doing everything at home. And I've been working from home um, since March. Um, started a new job in September. Haven't even met any of my coworkers in person. Like, probably wouldn't know them if I saw them on the street like but you know I at first like I was like really nervous and panicking and but I'm always that type of person like try to find a silver lining and everything so I'm just like being trying to appreciate this moment because I know that we'll probably never have a time like this in our entire lives where we can just slow down and it for me it just made me realize like how much I was just running and just a lot of like excess things that were in my life that I didn't need or just like, and, and, and I say that from like a consumer standpoint, like, I mean, I would like probably go to Starbucks twice a day. Like, I don't need, you already mentioned, put me on blast <laughs> that I eat out all the time. I had to but like, just little, like stuff like that. It's like, I don't need that. Like just sit home, stay still, like, you know, stack this paper while I can and keep it moving once we are, you know, in a post COVID world, like, um, I'm gonna be ready for it. So, right. Right. Yeah. No, I feel that it's like, it, like you said, it's a new norm. It's almost like scary to think about going back outside. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. so, so Alexis, you did, uh, you, you had kind of created this like little Instagram story, like timeline of your life, yeah. of your journey. And it's funny because when, when Trey, so Trey's my cousin, shout out to Trey. Uh, when Trey and I talked about having you on the podcast, um, uh, you know, we were talking about it and then I saw the story. So it mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, connected and we hadn't, you know, established a date or anything, but when you put the story up, it was like, wow, I think this would be perfect. Um, but, but, you know, the story was just about, you know, your timeline from, you know, graduating, taking this huge risk and moving to New York, you know, because you were in love with fashion and, you know, just kind of like your journey to where you are today. So that's really why I was like, oh yes, this would be so perfect. So first I want to talk about, Obviously, you moved to New York for your 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 fashion passion. Mm -hmm. um, so, when and how did you find that that passion for for fashion and and writing about fashion and that journalism like aspect of, of fashion? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I definitely always loved fashion. Like even as a child, um, for me, I think like my first like really falling in love with it was like watching America's Next Top Model. And, okay. Like, you know, um, I used to even have, it doesn't exist anymore, but it's called um, style.com. So I used to have that app on my phone. Like I would be in college, not paying attention in class. And I would be looking at the runway shows and stuff like that. But 
I also grew come from a household where, and not that I don't think it's bad or I don't want to like hold it against my mom or anything, but just like it was never like you're going to go to school to be a doctor, you know, a lawyer. You're not going to college to work in fashion. Like it just didn't make sense. And it didn't ever really register in my mind that I could, you know, have a successful career in the industry outside of even just I think for me, I always thought like, you know, maybe I could be a model. But like, I, I didn't know that there was anything like more to it. And there's when people say they want to work in fashion, there is so much you can do. And so for, so that love has always been there. That interest has always naturally been there. Um, even like, it's, especially I look back to and like the job that I have now. Um, like I, I'm the type of person, like if I need a black dress for a party and I go on my favorite website and they have, 27 pages of dresses. I'm going to look through every single page. Oh, Jesus. Like that's, that's literally what I do for work now. Like, I don't know if you remember or you heard like your, um, your nephews was like telling me like, you're not working. You looking at clothes. Like when I was working during Thanksgiving, like, I'm like, no, this is my job. This is what I do for work. So I've always like naturally had an interest in the things that I'm now doing for a living. Um, but as far as like, how did I, you know, figure out that I, I wanted to write for magazines? I think all that started after college. Like I graduated without having any internships in my industry. When I was in undergrad, I interned for Seminole Bo- Boosters. I went to Florida State University. So Seminole Boosters is the club that um, gives our, our athletic programs um, donations and raises money for the teams, for the athletic funds. So I interned there. Like I thought at one point I thought I was going to like do PR for like football players. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think I thought like that was a job that I wanted after like watching the game. I don't know if you remember like the publicist on there. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have her job. I think her name was like Dion or something like that. And also my brother played in the NFL. So I was like, I'll use his connections in the NFL. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So, I mean, thank God I decided to carve my own path and really just, you know, do something that made me excited. Initially, when I went to college, I was a chemistry major. Like, I thought I was going to, yes, I thought I was going to be an anesthesiologist. (laughs) But after the second time fell in chemistry 1045, like, (laughs) I was like, okay, this ain't going to work. Like, I got to figure out something else. Um, So, yeah, I ended up getting my degree in English, specializing in editing, writing, and media. Um, And then after I graduated, I went back to school. Just, I think a lot of people do this, too. You don't have a job lined up. You don't really have any opportunities, and you don't know, like, what's going to be next for you. So going back to school is kind of like a way to, like, Pass more time until I got my shit together. Like, and also it gave me an opportunity to move to New York. And because I had a scholarship and that was my only way to get here. Um, and I, w- I knew I needed to be here just because like this is this at that time, I would say was the f- one of the fashion capitals of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, now I feel like, especially with the internet, social media, everything, like you can be anywhere. You don't have to be in New York. But at that time, like I was like, I have to be here. Um, And yeah, so that's kind of like, I don't know if that really answered your question, but that's kind of like how, you know, I came to, you know, now working at Vogue. Um, I mean, there's so much more to it. 
Yeah. I don't know if you want the long story oh, short. Oh, we, no, we're gonna get there in a second. We're gonna yeah, get there okay. in a second. Yeah. Um, so so you know, you said that that you want you went to back to school, right? Um, mm-hmm. and you this is how this was kind of like your ticket to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember on your Instagram story, you were saying, you know, like I moved to New York, I didn't know anyone, mm-hmm. I didn't have family, and you're from Florida, you mm-hmm. went to Florida State, that's like yeah. The other side of the country. <laughs> yeah. So so how did you like combat that fear of like mm-hmm. moving somewhere with no family? I mean, if you really want to be honest, no real resources if you didn't have a network because you mm-hmm. didn't have any internships. No. So you didn't have a network, no family, no resources. I mean, you didn't. I mean, this was literally a whole new start for you. Yeah. So how did you like overcome that fear? It, and even you knew, I guess, New York was, you know, the fashion capital, but you still don't know what's for you there, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you combat that fear and just say, I- I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go? Um, Honestly, I think like at that time, I was just so young. It's something like, maybe even you could say I was naive and just blissful and like, oh, I'm going to make my dreams come <laughs> true. Like, and not really thinking about the harsh realities of New York. Like before I moved here, I didn't know how expensive like real estate was and finding an apartment, how hard it was going to be. Not only is it hard to find an apartment, like the price obviously is like another barrier that I had to get over. Um, but like, I, I remember like, so when I moved to New York, I moved, I flew up here the, the Saturday before school started. And I was like, I'll come on Saturday, get an apartment, move in on Sunday and go to school on Monday. Girl, <laughs> I, I ended up staying at the hotel that I stayed at for a month before I found an apartment, an entire month. And then when I did find an apartment, it was the smallest studio ever. Like, it was so bad. And I was paying $1,100 a month for it. And that's probably nothing now. That This is back in 2012. Now I'm pretty, that place is probably $2,000 mm-hmm. a month. But... Um, yeah, so like, I just, I I wouldn't say I was fearful or afraid. I've kind of always too, I'm like naturally curious at heart. Like I love to travel. Like later this month, I'm going on, doing a solo trip to Maui. Um, yes, we can get into that. Trey was, Trey was okay with that? Yeah, 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 he is, he is. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay, Chell. Ooh, Chell. We don't have to talk about that, but go ahead. Yeah, so I've never, like, I'm not afraid to, like, go places and travel by myself. I did study abroad in London, like, while I was in undergrad. Um, So for me, it was just like, you know what, this is where I want to go, this is where I want to be. And, like, you kind of mentioned it, too, like, I didn't have any resources, I didn't, I didn't have any experience, even at that time, like I remember I applied to work at Forever 21 in Times Square. I couldn't even get a job there, like in retail, Ooh. like, so in my goal too, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just start in the store, start at Forever 21 and work my way up to fashion. I'm gonna be in the corporate office <laughs> at Forever 21. And thank God that didn't work out too. Cause I, yeah, that that's just not for me. But like, <laughs> just like, I, I just like felt like everything and, and two, I'm a big, big spiritual person. So like mm-hmm. I prayed about like, I'm like, you know what? I'm, one of my biggest prayers always is like, if this isn't for me, like take it away from me. Like I don't want it. Like, and yeah, to me, it's just like super important to like make sure to have clarity, especially yeah. I feel like now, like where we live in an age where we have such an abundance of everything, we can see what everyone else is doing. You really get like clouded and distracted and think like, 
oh, they're doing good at something. I could, I could probably do that too. Like, but no, that's not your assignment. Like, what's your assignment? What are you here to do? So for me, I just felt like all the stars were aligning and, you know, being able to go back to school, my tuition was paid for and my housing was paid for. Mm. So for me, I was like, you know what, this makes, and I had an, an allowance on top of that. So I was like, you know what, this, this, like, it just makes too much sense. I have to do it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's really like how I kind of, you know, started off um, my yeah, first yeah. couple, couple of months, days in New York. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So let, let's let talk. Let's kind of go after you have your second degree, your master's. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of take us through, through the journey. I know, right? Take us through the journey. <laughs> Um, to becoming a writer for Vogue. And I know this this is such a long, long journey for you. So try to, I guess, kind of point out those highlighted, those 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 impactful kind of moments along your journey. And I know one of the things that really touched me or caught my attention from your story um, was you said that you used to like hide in the bathroom at work oh, <laughs> and apply okay. for jobs. So so take us through that story and then we're going to get into kind of some obstacles you faced along the way. But but take us through that journey of of to, of becoming a writer for, for Vogue magazine and, and where you are today. Yeah. I mean, so like you mentioned, after after I graduated with my master's, I still, you know, didn't have the job opportunity that I wanted. And so. So I ended up, you know, doing, I did a lot of retail jobs, but, you know, I didn't feel like my, my, like, for example, working at Bed Bath & Beyond, I was assigned to the towel section to keep the towels folded, but I didn't feel like that was my job. I felt like my job was to find another job. Like, okay. Okay. (laughs) I would literally like hide in the bathroom, be on my phone, like indeed, I don't even know if they still exist now, but like I, I would do like apply for jobs on Indeed where you could just automatically upload your resume. Like you don't even have to do it, like just just doing it. And my goal was like, OK, they'll apply for at least 20 jobs a day. Like I'm telling you, I had to apply to over like 100 jobs, like for sure. Like um, so, yeah, but after the first so after I graduated, the first full time job that I landed was at a marketing agency. And I was an exec- executive assistant. So, you know, obviously that's not what I moved here to do. But to me, I felt like it was in, you know, the entertainment kind of industry, like which was kind of close to fashion. I was like, whatever. And it paid me <laughs> full time salary. So I took that. And it also kind of sounds like a, a responsible job to have, like executive <laughs> assistant, whatever. Um, but the, the people there, oof, girl, like. I feel like also, so first of all, I was the only black person at the company and I'm the assistant, but I really felt like I was the slave, like Uh not like you hear about people like having to go get coffee. Like I had to make coffee. Like I didn't even know how, I don't, I don't drink coffee. I'm a tea person. Like I don't know how to use a coffee maker. (laughs) So there's this like nice young boy. And I like asked him like, what, like, where did the beans go? Like, like he showed me everything. So not only did I have to make the coffee, but I had to come in before everybody else so that it was hot when they got there. Like little stuff like that. Yeah. Or like I would order lunch for the owners and when the lunch would come, because they don't they're not gonna eat out of the plastic, I have to put it on glass plates for them. Yeah. And then when they're done with it in their office, I have to come and move the plates. So it was like low key, I was they made. Like Like that Ooh, it was my, those were my duties as an executive assistant. And so 
I got to a point though, I had to, I had to quit. I was like, my mom was so mad at me too, but I was just like, my soul, like every time I walked into that door in the morning, I could feel my soul like drop. Like it was really eating at me. So I ended up quitting with nothing lined up. And I was like, you know what I'm doing? Like, I'm going to work at a magazine. Um, and when I like left, like everybody kind of, you know, when you tell them you're leaving, like people kind of say like, congrats and like, but I didn't have like nothing else. <laughs> I'm just like, I got to get the hell up out of here. Um, but like maybe after a week after I left, I ended up getting an internship at Vibe Vixen, which doesn't exist anymore. It's the sister magazine to Vibe, which is a music magazine. And so I was like, I was supposed to be a beauty and fashion intern. I mostly wrote beauty stories. Um I did like my first interviews there. So that was like such a big deal to me. I remember I interviewed like Adrian Balon. Um, who else? I did like a little feature with um, this fashion designer. I can't think of her name right now. But like those are my first times like really, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like I don't even know why they assigned me <laughs> to like do that stuff. But I always tell people when they're like, you know, how can I become a great journalist? And it's just like, you just got to do it. It's no like book you can read, no class you can take, like nothing replaces like getting that experience. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm kind of going in circles, but you asked me about, you know, after I graduated, that's what I did. I interned and that's why I was working those retail jobs, too, because mm -hmm. that was the internship wasn't a paid internship. It was free. Ooh. So I had those retail jobs on the side to actually pay my rent. And at this point, too, by the time I graduated from school, now I'm living in a fourteen hundred dollar a month apartment, studio apartment, still studio. Well, you had you had upgraded. <laughs> I, <laughs> literally, when I tell you, it, it took every single cent that I earned to pay the rent, and that's when then I started to get credit cards. And Lord, thank God for credit cards. That's like really how I was able to like eat. Like it was, it was, it, it got really low. Um. But yeah, like I said, I just kept applying for jobs. Um, and then my first like freelance gig that I landed at that was paid um, for InStyle, I was a freelance fact checker. I the way I got that though, um, so I could I could I gotta go back rewind a little bit. Um, before I moved to New York, I actually interviewed with InStyle I, I, for an internship. And I did not get it. Um, I literally flew up to New York for one day. Aww. Flew up for one day. So in the morning and came, I like didn't have any money to stay or nothing. I was just like, you know what? Let me do this um, interview. And I remember it snowed. It snowed in New York. And I had on like this little white dress with a blazer and like some boots, but like boots <laughs> to Florida people. Like, yes, yes. Boots to New Yorkers. <laughs> And my legs were just out. I remember, and it's just snowing. I was just, I was just so happy to be there. But I was a hot mess during the interview. I did. I left my resume in my mom's car when she dropped me off to the airport. Like, so I came to the interview without a resume. Um, but I stayed in contact with some of the editors that I met. And every now and then, I would shoot them an email saying, like, "Hey, like." I saw you on Wendy Williams talking about silk pajamas. Like, those are so cute. I love that. Like, just staying in touch. And at the time, I don't even think I really knew, like, what networking is. Or, like, I was just, like, genuinely interested in what she was doing and knew I wanted to do that. 
So years later, she reaches out to me and says that they're looking for a freelance fact checker if I know anyone who's interested. And I was like, me, duh. Right. <laughs> right. So that's like how I got my first paying um, magazine opportunity. Um, and it, But it was only for two weeks. It was a freelance position. It was only for two mm. weeks. So they needed someone like during the busy, busy times. Um, and yeah, um, that that's pretty much was like my early after graduating with my MBA like that. That was my experiences. It was really tough. It was humbling. I'll tell you, like nobody in fashion gives a damn that you have an MBA. Like it really mm. doesn't matter. Um, I, you know, I don't even think, you know, I, I would even go as far to say like your undergrad doesn't even matter as much. It's more so like experience. And especially for what I do, um, experience and who you know, like your network is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a that's a good point that you brought up. I, and I hate to agree with you. I hate to agree <laughs> with you on this, but you're right. And I mean, in in the journalism, communications, marketing, maybe marketing, but PR world, honey, they don't care about that master's degree. Your master's degree is strictly street cred. So when it I'm around is. all these white folks at these big tech companies, I can say, oh, I have a graduate degree from Georgetown. And they're like, oh, or, you know what I'm saying? Right. But otherwise, it, you know, it doesn't, it don't hold no weight. And, and I always tell people- It doesn't guarantee you anything. It, does, it doesn't. And, you know, and I learned that the hallway. I thought getting a master's was, was my certificate into, honey, did I? <laughs> was I in for a rude awakening? So, no, I completely understand that. So now, how did you uh, um, land the job with, with Vogue? Because that's huge. Ooh, okay. Um, so we can talk about Vogue specifically. Um, so actually, it's 2020. I have worked at three magazines this year. Like, wow, think that would happen, which is like, I'm also, I would, okay. So I started the year off at InStyle. I have been at InStyle for years, as you could tell, like from my previous story, like InStyle is one of those magazines. I think that was always close to my heart. And that, that was my dream magazine. Like when I made my vision boards, I would cut out my name off my resume and tape it onto the mass head on InStyle. And like, so like, I always really wanted to work at InStyle, um, worked there for years, um, and but I left earlier this year because I felt like I had got to a place where there was no growth opportunities. And although I loved it, like I cannot feel like I'm not growing. I didn't. So my position there, I didn't have like a direct manager and I didn't have, you know, anyone working underneath me. I was the e-commerce editor and I felt like, you know, like there's really nowhere for me to go mm -hmm. in this role. So I was like, you know what? I got to go somewhere to grow. And I'm not, that's one thing. Like, I'm not afraid to move around if I have to move around. Like, okay. Or like, I would never say, um, in, like I was talking to someone and they were telling me how they don't feel valued. And I'm like, leave. Like, I would never stay somewhere if I didn't feel valued or if I didn't, which I did feel valued at in style. Um, but I just feel like for me personally, I had, there was nothing more I could learn in that position. Mm -hmm. And there was nowhere for me to go to go forward, to go higher. So I left and went to Cosmo. Um, I worked at Cosmo Magazine. Um, I started there in February. Loved it. Like when I tell you the growth opportunities that I wanted, that's what they gave me. Like letting me lead strategy for e-commerce and creating shopping content for the website. Um, you know, really like allowing me to work with freelancers and top edit their stories. Like, the things that I wanted, um, they were giving that to me and I would not have left. But 
I got an email. Um, I got an email from Vogue asking me if I was interested in an opportunity. And, you know, whenever I get stuff like that, like, I'm always going to be like, sure, like, tell me more. Um, And obviously it's Vogue. Like, this is the biggest fashion magazine that you can work for in the world. Um, So I, I, um, they set me up for an interview. I ended up having one, two, one, two, three, four interviews with Mm -hmm. Vogue and doing an edit test. Edit tests are beasts. Doing an edit test. And I ended up getting a job offer from them. And to go for me, it was tough because I didn't want to leave a good situation. And then you never know when you're starting a new job, what you're going to walk into. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, but I think for like, I think, you know, not, I think I know, like when I went into my interviews, like I made it clear the interviews for me, it's a two way street. It's not just, you know, what I can do for you, but yep, like what yep. you can do for me. So I made it clear, like, look, this is the type of leadership that I have right now at Cosmo. Like my editor in chief, like is a champion for me. Like, and I want, you know, I want that same thing. Like, and so like, I made that clear, um, and I felt like I was stepping and in, moving into a great opportunity. So I made the change. That's how that's how I landed my job at Vogue. They reached out to me and, you know, I don't know how they discovered me or found out about my work. But I will say, I think I'm, I'm getting better at it. But I do. I, po- I try to post my work on, on my social media like I mm-hmm. use. My resume isn't just this like Word document, Microsoft Word document. My resume is my social media profiles too, like my LinkedIn. Like I always tell people, keep stuff like that updated. Like you never know who's looking at you, who's watching. Um, So I think maybe, you know, they heard about me through the streets or whatever, some kind of way. (laughs) Okay. Um, But yeah, that's that's how I came to Vogue. Um, And it's been great. It's been great two, three months. So yeah. Yes. Well, congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah. So now when you think about, I guess, the journey and and everything that you've shared thus far, um, one of the major things that you talked about was obviously, you know, not having a network not having, you know, resources. And then even when you think about, you know, later on in your career, you know, you didn't have those opportunities for growth. Um, and so that was one of the reasons why you, you know, pursued other things. So what would you say, I guess, just along this entire journey, what has been some of the major, uh, I guess, like obstacles along the way? Um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like New York in itself is just made with obstacles. Like yeah. everything, everything, New York is the obstacle. Literally everything here that's like a necessity in Florida is like a luxury here. So like having a car, like that's a luxury here. Well, you need that in Florida. Like there's basically no public transportation system in in Florida, like, or having air conditioning, like that's a luxury here or having a washer and dryer. So I think, you know, those little things just adjusting to the city was obstacles for me. Um, But I've always like, I tell Trey, like it made me a thug. It made me tough. Okay. (laughs) I was definitely super spoiled and and sheltered and soft before I moved here. But like New York has definitely, you know, Um, other obstacles, I would say just myself, like at times you can be your biggest obstacle. So just, you know, believing in yourself, believing. and, And I think, being able to believe in yourself comes with like, with like dedicating yourself to your work. Like 
And I think a lot of times if you putting yourself out there and you're like, I'm applying for these jobs, but then it's like, well, am I qualified? Have I done the work? Mm-hmm. You no, know, I think a lot of times we wait too for somebody else to give us an opportunity when you can kind of, you can create them on your own. Like if you want to be, if you want to work in magazines, basically, or if you want to be a writer, like you don't have to wait until a magazine hires you. You have, you have like WordPress, you can start your mm-hmm. own, you can write now, you have Twitter, like just write. You know, that's if that if you want to write, write. You don't have to wait until somebody tells you you right. are qualified to write. So I think, you know, sometimes the biggest obstacle is yourself. And when you when you put in the work, when you work on like perfecting your craft, being the best at what you do, mm-hmm. then I think it's easier to believe in yourself. If you if you, you know, put in more hours than anyone on your team, you know you're the okay. first one in, you know you're the last one to leave. How could you not believe in yourself? And you start to like you know, it starts to give you like a confidence booster knowing that nobody is working harder than you. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think like just like, you know, besides a little New York City stuff, like obstacles would be like myself and and mental. I think even your mental is like way more important than, you know, any skill set that you could have. Like right. sharpening, you know, your internal clock and um I don't know, just really like working on yourself and, and your mindset, I think yeah. is so important. Yeah, yeah. Now, if we, if we take it back a little bit, um, you know, you talked about, you know, being at Vogue, you haven't even had a chance to go into the office mm-hmm. and then kind of tying it back into, you know, just if, if you want to be a writer, use what you have, you know, in front of you, blogging, WordPress, Twitter, mm-hmm. whatever else, um, or freelancing for other people. How would you say, or let me ask it this way, um, has writing, I guess that, that entire industry, like writing, um, and media, do you feel like COVID has presented kind of a disadvantage, um, if you want to be a writer or is it more advantageous for people who want to be writers? Because I mean, we're in the digital space, right? Like COVID has completely changed everything. So what would you say about that? I mean, I definitely say more of an advantage, like now, you know, we used to like, the fact that we went in the office five days a week and now we see like what, especially I work for a website. Everything we do is yeah, yep, digital. digital. So it's like, I don't have to be, I don't have to be in the office. I don't have to be in New York. Like I can be anywhere. Like I was just with you in Orlando working. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an advantage for people who, you know, felt like they, they couldn't come to New York. Like, and now that companies see like, you know, you don't have to be here. I even have coworkers who have moved away. Like they don't live here anymore. Um, you know, and it could be temporary. Maybe they're going to move back, but they they definitely see that, you know, being remote, you can still be remote and be productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's an advantage to people who aren't necessarily, you know, in the, in the city or the hub that they want to work in. Um, and I mean, there's there's some disadvantages. I would say, like I miss, and especially as a writer and brainstorming, just those Ooh, small conversations mm-hmm. that you have. You know, maybe you're at the water cooler getting something to drink, and you just say something random, and it sparks a story idea. Like we don't have that anymore. It's a Zoom meeting, and it's like it's really hard to have like that. Just that small talk that you don't really get over Zoom, um, but. I mean, I've been enjoying it, honestly. Like, I'm just like, you know, wearing socks every day, not putting on shoes. <laughs> okay. 
um, you know, it's pros and cons, but I I definitely think the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you said, you know, you don't get to have those small talks on Zoom because, honey, Zoom means I look, are y'all done? It's draining. It's It's so draining. Um, And and I and I completely understand that. I used to work for a digital marketing agency. um, and, And when you are in, I guess, the profession of just like writing or strategy, comms, marketing, there's this like creative, like weird aspect. I don't even know what to call it, but there's just, just like this creative energy. Um, and, and I love it because everybody shares that same creative energy, like working at a digital marketing agency, like everybody's always trying to find a new way to design something or to invent something, whether it be writing, copywriting, you know, designing a graphic logo thing. Like, so that was all we talked about was creating something new. So it, like, I, I, I get what you're saying about those just like brainstorming sessions and being around other creatives. Yeah, because um, you you know, honey, y'all get on my nerves on Zoom. <laughs> it's a <laughs> whole different thing too. Like it's 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 just good to like feel the like be around people with the same energy as you too. Like yeah. I think that'll inspire you too. And I think for me too, that's why I love New York too. Like the city in itself has oh, a certain yeah. energy that like no other city it has. Does. It and does. I feed off of that. Like I used to live in New Jersey too. Like because I was like, okay, I work in the city, live in New Jersey, like. You know, I only slept there, like didn't really like know anything about New Jersey and like what to do there. But now that I've been remote, like working from home, you know, Trey and I were like, we need to be in the city. Like, especially if we're going to be working from home for God knows how long. Like, we just miss the energy and coming here five days a week. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just so special. Even with like social distancing and like everything closed and like right. you can't go to a restaurant and eat inside. Like, it's still just something about like being around like-minded people who you know are like striving for something who are who are like you know it just feels like everybody here is just going somewhere yeah no matter like yeah. what it may be and i don't know i just love that i love to just be around like-minded people so yeah new york new york def- definitely has this like hustle energy like you feel like everybody you walk past is on a mission <laughs> Where you going? Where you going? Where For you going? sure. And it could just be like, they going to Subway. Like, they're not yeah. going to go home. But the, it's just, but, but I'm hustling to Subway. Yeah. I'm hustling to Subway. No, but when we think about, you know, being around those those creative people and, and that creative energy, that's one thing I love about just like being in that creative space, working at, you know, a digital marketing agency. What would you say you enjoy most about working at Vogue? what do I enjoy the most? I mean, creating content, like (laughs) for me, I mean, cause that's really all I'm doing now. What I, what I miss about being an editor is like, we don't have, you know, events that I can go to and I can, you know, see some of my peers at the events, like seeing collections in person, like seeing the clothing in person, being able to touch it. Like I miss that. But so right now, like my favorite part is just creating the content or like, you know, putting a, an up and coming brand in a story and just seeing like their reaction and their gratitude and seeing how much like merchandise I can move or sell for them or like how, you know, I can help and have a positive impact on their business. I think that's the most rewarding part. And even like, you know, sometimes I get to write stories that necessarily like don't have to do with my bottom line that just stuff that I'm passionate about and just being able to like write about things like that. Like I did, um, a farewell to Kushni, which is one of like one of the few prominent, uh, prominent brands in America led by black women and it's closing. So y- y'all already know it's not many mm. of us and 
also women. Like if you think about most prominent fashion brands, they're led by men, which is a whole nother story for another topic. But um, yeah, I got to write a farewell to that. And just like, you know, being able to like express yourself, I think is really cool. And and it's fun to just, you know, put your voice out there. Although, you know, you're putting out there for a lot of criticism, you know, it's trolls on the internet and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know it. I know it. But I love that. I love that. So yeah, definitely my favorite part creating the content. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so I know I mentioned on on the uh, in, in the beginning, I talked about kind of some of the obstacles you face, right? So let's flip that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are some of the major things that you feel have contributed to your success just as a writer? You know, especially when you think about just your journey and kind of starting from, I don't know where I'm going to go, what's going to happen, <laughs> but I got to work from it. I was, I was interviewing this girl. <clears throat> She's a radio personality here in D.C. Um, and one thing, I, when I asked her that question, she said something. She was like, I knew this had to work. She was like, because there was no plan B for me. She was like, this was going to work. Anyway, this that <laughs> reminded me of what you said when you were like, I'm going to write for a magazine. You know, yeah. and even when you were like, um, you know, I, I, when I was working at Bed Bath & Yon, my job was to look for other jobs. <laughs> so, so what would you say, I guess, has has contributed to your success just and where you are now? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just showing up, like being there, like, even, you know, from my very, like the entry level jobs or like when I used to work in the fashion closet, that's like one of the first jobs you get in magazines. If you want to work in fashion, you work in the fashion closet. And basically what you're doing all day is opening packages, hanging them on a rack, sorting them, making sure they're in order when the editors come in. And then when they're done with it, returning it. So like even doing that, like I took that so seriously and like also then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be the first person here every morning. And all I'm doing is working in the closet. Like, so I think like just showing up and being there and knowing that, you know, all of my managers I work with, they know they can depend on me. They know Alexis is going to be there. They know, like, I think it's just like so important, of course, like obviously not to like burn bridges and just, even if you're at a place that you don't, you know, you don't want to be at long-term, like, you never know, especially this industry is so small. You never know who's going to end up where or, mm-hmm. you know, they could end up being somewhere that you don't you do want to work. Um, so for me, it's like just showing up, being there. I feel like that has definitely gotten me so many opportunities. Um, just like a little, a little stuff. I don't even know if I could even talk about it. It's kind of confidential, but just like being the only person in the office in the morning and then the editor in chief needs a favor and you're the only person that can help. her. Mm, OK, like, because you're there just I was just happened to be there so like little stuff like that I think you know definitely showing up has contributed um I don't know I'm just like I just I'm a hard worker even like I said that marketing job like I didn't like it but I had to like tell myself like going back to like spirituality like I'm not working to please man like I'm working Mm -hmm. to please God like I try to think of my work that way especially to I've been in points like when I didn't have a job like for me that's depressing like yeah because I feel like I'm not contributing to society like to like those yeah. are like the lowest moments of my life for me it's just like what am I doing like I'm not I'm not adding value in no type of way mm-hmm. so no matter what job I have I feel like okay like do it to the best of my ability mm-hmm. um and I think that's so important with fashion too. You never want to be the person that's like, oh, that's not my job. Like, that's Ooh. not my title. That's not in my yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. Like, 
and people I've seen people be like that and and I and I feel like you know that's holding them back so just being a team player being there showing up working hard like and and not only working hard but working smart like yeah you know you gotta you gotta know how to like especially we have I feel like so many things that we have to juggle in we work on a deadline schedule like stories need to be up at it by a certain time mm-hmm. um, so just being able to like prioritize and know like what what needs to get d- done now and what can wait until later yeah yeah that's good and you know that leads me right into my next question because i wanted to ask you know when you think about people who have a i wouldn't say have a passion i would say have a desire or an interest to go into writing and media but they're stuck mm-hmm. maybe because of covid or you know they're still in a place of, of trying to find their passion what advice would you offer them yeah, I would definitely say, like, don't think you can't network now. Like, it doesn't have to be face to face, like slide in someone's DMs. Like, I, that's how, actually how I got my job at Cosmo when I, you know, I'm I'm the type. There's another thing I do, too. If I'm applying for a job, like, I'm not just going to apply on the website. I, I need to talk to someone there. So that's it. That helps. That helps so much. Um, that is but, it. So I I had like a, a mutual friend. Um, we're, we're like Instagram friends. We met at Coachella. Um, <laughs> exactly. Who worked at Cosmo. Met at Coachella. I was like, you know what? Let me just reach out to her and see if she knows anything about this position. Come to find out she's a hiring manager. Uh-uh. Get out. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So like I, I slid, slid into her DMs and I was like, you know what? I see this opportunity at Cosmo. I know I would kill it. This is what I've already done for InStyle. I know oh. I could do that and more for Cosmo. Like, let me know if you know anything else about it. And then she was like, oh my gosh. Like I thought I thought about you like initially, but I didn't think, I thought that you would think like maybe this role is too junior or whatever. If I'm like, no, I want it. Like what's up? Right. Two days later, I'm in there interviewing for it. So I will say to people who are trying to, you know, make moves during COVID, like use all your resources, use everything that you have. Like, um, and I think now is a great time too to just like DM people because people don't have nothing else to do. Like, so they're probably more likely to respond. They're just sitting at home, like watching Netflix too. Mm -hmm. Y'all ain't doing nothing. If now is like now is the time to reach out to everyone who you've like dreamt of talking to, working with, like just do it. Like, um, so yeah, I would say do that. Keep your LinkedIn's update. Like people are really sleep on LinkedIn. Like, they are. Oh my gosh. When I got my job at Self, um, literally, she she told me she found me on LinkedIn. Well, she, she didn't have to tell me. She sent me a message, mm-hmm. and I ended up getting hired for that position there. So. I would just say, you know, keep your, keep your, make sure like all of your resume, whatever your experience is on there. Don't be afraid to like write posts, do comments. I think they have stories now. I haven't used it yet. Like I need to do stories on there. Um, and like stuff when you see stuff like it, because mm-hmm. also LinkedIn like pushes, like, I don't know if you've ever seen like in notifications, it'll be like so-and-so like this. Yeah. Yeah. You need to stay at the top of people's minds and just like, you know, it's so many ways to just be seen and discovered. And and I think, you know, out of sight, out of mind, it's like a real thing. So if you can stay mm-hmm. at the top of people's minds and they know, oh, so-and-so is good at this. Let me, I have this opportunity. Let me right. see if they're interested. So right. definitely just take, use the internet to your advantage. There's so many ways to meet people or like 
Clubhouse. I don't know if you've gotten on Clubhouse yet. I, I ain't there yet, child, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> I just got on like this Saturday and I love it so much. And I think because not that many people are on it too. Like, yeah, this right, is, right. This is your time to like really meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just like really trying to find your tribe and keep like using the internet like to your advantage. Like, right. don't let COVID stop you at all. Hello, hello. <laughs> let them use your child even through COVID. <laughs> uh, but no, so you have this major opportunity, right? It, you know, I, to me, you know, you on top of the world. I know there's so much oh, more to come, you. but yeah. you and Trey are, are really holding it down. So if I can ask, you know, what's next? Mm-hmm. I know 2020 is over. Yeah. You know, we're going into 2021. So, yeah. so what's next? What's the, what's the vision for me? Like I want to go all the way to the top. I want to be editor in chief one day at a magazine, oh. which is the highest <laughs> position you can have. And yes. I know that I can do that. Also on top of that, you know, I want to make a name for myself outside of Vogue, outside of, you know, my nine to five. Like I want to, you know, offer my expertise to everyone, to people around the world, people who you know, up and coming designers or s- small business owners who want to figure out how how do I get featured in Vogue? How do mm-hmm. I get my brand, you know, talked about in the magazine? I want to be that that resource for them, and and vice versa. Because what I do as an e commerce editor, I'm really, you know, not only am I just talking about fashion, but I have the added responsibility of making sure that our money, our sorry, our content is monetized Mm -hmm. so that we also, you know, figure out ways that we can earn revenue through the content we're we're creating. So, you know, I want to teach influencers how to monetize their content. I want to teach, you know, other people who are bloggers, you know, how they too, like this world of affiliate networking is so powerful. I'm a blogger, so we're going to be in touch. It's so powerful. (laughs) I'm telling you, like, like I've seen companies make more than eight mm. figures from it. So, um, yeah, I just, I want, that's what's next for me. Like just, just to really like make sure I'm like, um, really just showing the world, like what I know and, and figuring out how I can help be of service to other people. Like yeah. for me, I, I want to just have an impact in, in a positive way. Uh, on people, everyone that I come into contact with. So I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, if you want to start your portfolio, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I just call you. me. <laughs> no, you. but that's that. That is so awesome. And I was like, yes, I'm so excited to be talking to Alexis today, um, especially after reading your story. I was like, oh, this will be so perfect. Um, and and you know, it's not some for me. It's not just about um, being a writer. You're a content creator, right? Like you're a creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many people can relate to that because you are your own artist or creative in whatever industry you're in. Whatever you're creating is what makes you a creator or a designer or innovator in that particular industry. So I feel like you can relate in any way as long as, you know, you see yourself as as that creative. So, no, mm-hmm. I thank you so much for, you know, joining me today and chatting on the podcast. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Of course, absolutely. Chat. And if y'all need some uh, a host for some celebrity panels, I'm here too. I do yeah. it all. Okay, just yeah. call me. No, but, <laughs> no, but I, I, like I said, I really appreciate you. This was awesome. Um, and so look out for the episode on Wednesday because that's when it comes yeah. out. I'm so excited. Um, I'm gonna post it everywhere. Yes. So. Okay. I hope your people see it. Hey, yeah. I'll have my people call your people so we can see the people. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, Miss Lady. Well, I uh, again, I appreciate you so much. I'm gonna let you go for the night, and I'll talk to you soon. Have Tell Trey I said night. bye. I will have a good night, Maja. Bye. All right, you too. Talk to you later. All right. 
All right, that's your dose of Maj for this week. I will catch y'all on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Honey, I got something to say. Oh, I like that. Can you turn that up for me? No, like, it's Maja. But you know, Maj for short. (laughs) Ask Maj.